Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Resources for the Road, a podcast brought to you by Next Trucking. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show. Today on this episode, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Esther Santos. She's the Director of Sales for North America at Exos Trucking. Esther, thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Thanks for having me, Tyler. It's great. Excellent. Well, Esther, we're so happy to have you here joining us on the show today. So, hey, let's start off here just with the basics. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Exos Trucks and introduce us to the company and tell us a little bit more about what y'all do. Absolutely. So Exos Trucks is an OEM, Class 5 through Class 8, uh, battery electric vehicles. Uh, we design and build the vehicles. We also design and build our powertrains. We do charging infrastructure um, and fleet management. So this is all for purpose-built for the medium and heavy-duty trucks uh, that you know do about 200 miles or less a day. Uh, one of the biggest things that we want to make sure that, you know, everyone knows uh, about Exos Trucks is we're actually one of the few battery electric commercial OEMs uh, with vehicles on the road right now. Uh, we have been on the road since 2018 as well with uh, our customers, including, you know, Loomis, uh, Unifirst, Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits. We also do a lot of business with FedEx ground operators. Um, we actually just delivered a lot of uh, step vans to some FedEx customers uh, recently that we're very proud of. Um, you know, we're just, we're truly obsessed with making fleets uh, more efficient for our customers. And, you know, we're, we believe that we're helping transform a segment of the transportation industry that's actually going to have the biggest impact in reducing greenhouse emissions. Well, yeah, that's that's a great point. And, you know, this there is just so much talk and so much buzz around this aspect of the industry right now. And so um, there's even legislation and, and regulations that, that could potentially be changing and kind of moving in this direction as well. Uh, just tell us a little bit more about where we are today. Give us the lay of the land right now and where you see things moving in the future. You know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, regular cars, right? Regular EVs, mm -hmm. everybody going electric by 2030. Uh, a lot of EV manufacturers are making these statements. Um, a lot of state mandates we're seeing now, you know, being here in California, uh, we're uh, very concerned about making sure that we have clean air for everybody who lives uh, in the state. But I think that it's not a matter of, you know, uh, if it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when, you know, all of these federal mandates uh, are going to take place. So I think that, you know, thinking about transitioning your diesel fleet to electric should be something that people are thinking about uh, today, right? Not mm -hmm. two years from now or five years from now. That's a, that's a really good point. And, and you know, you, you see a lot of people setting goals, but like you mentioned, you have trucks on the road today, right? And, mm -hmm. and um, this is... As much as it's it's a conversation for the future, it's also a conversation for the present, like you mentioned. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, EVs have come a long way since the first EV, right? Uh, mm. I think that a lot of people have misconceptions about uh, there's no way that they can afford it, uh, you know, that uh, EVs aren't uh, completely applicable to today's, uh, you know, environment. But, you know, we have so many examples of it that it's just it's just not true. Yeah, no, that's a that's a that's an excellent point and really well put. And so, um, I want to give give you an example, perhaps. You know, if you owned a small fleet of trucks, let's say you know maybe six trucks or so, how should you be thinking about EVs, especially if, if you know you most likely are looking to to buy used vehicles coming off of a lease or something like that? How would you think through that particular situation? And what are your thoughts if you are in that scenario on EVs? So it's that's an interesting question because uh, you know. 
as we stand today with the chip shortage that everybody is fully aware of, right? Yeah. Used, the used vehicle market has increased significantly, not just on passenger cars, but for uh, commercial vehicles as well. So I think there's a lot of factors to think about when making that transition from diesel to electric. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a plus about going electric uh, that small fleet operators need to pay attention to is there's about 60 to 70% less components in electric vehicles compared to diesel. Right. So you have uh, less componentry, so less maintenance. So the total cost of ownership for moving to electric from diesel is pretty significant. I would say anywhere, depending on, you know, where the fleet operator operates their vehicles could be anywhere from 40 to 40 to 70 percent less. Um, So it's 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 a huge savings. That's really interesting that the economics maybe have have shifted since the last time that people maybe took a look at that. And you're right to bring up the used the, the used vehicle market in general because that's something that regardless of what industry you're in or who you are, you've recognized more than likely that that the market for used vehicles across the board has really skyrocketed in recent months. Yeah, absolutely, because there's no new inventory, right? Yeah. And you know, one of the other things that I think is very important that people need to start doing that, uh, you know getting some education on now is what incentives are available. Mm -hmm. You know, there are a ton of states that have incentives uh, to transition your fleets from diesel to electric. You know, for example, here in California, there's a program called HVIP, HVIP, and they give you a rebate of more than half of the vehicle. So it it would be almost uh, crazy not to take advantage of that. Great point. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another just excellent recommendation, just looking into some of those incentives. Now, let's take a look at maybe some of the other sides. What are some of the biggest barriers to entry for fleet adoption of EVs? What, what do you see as some of the holdups for folks? So, you know, it, there's a lot of FUD out there, right? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt with, you know, new things. And, yeah. you know, some of the things that we hear from some of our customers is, you know, range anxiety, you know, a lot of people like, well, you know, I really don't want to get an EV because how am I going to charge it? Right. I don't have infrastructure either at my location. Um, but, you know, for with Exos, that's one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we helped people along with. Right. We have a division at Exos called Exos Energy. So we actually assist with all aspects of in- infrastructure development for our potential customers. And we have these cu- we have these conversations with our customers early on to make sure that when they actually do get their EVs from us, that they do have infrastructure in place or something that will allow them to run these fleets, right? The other, the flip side is, is you know, at the beginning of the year um, in 2022, if you take a look at EV infrastructure across the country, I think there's a little over 46,000 charging stations with, you know, over 100,000 charging outlets for EVs. So, you know, I think that's only going to be much, that number is going to be much higher towards the end of the year. So I, I don't necessarily think that that should be a barrier to entry, but it's definitely worth a discussion. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a question that a lot of people have is just charging infrastructure. And that's an area that you're involved in as well, like you mentioned mm-hmm. off the top. Um and I suppose you answered it there, but you see charging infrastructure and the the supporting infrastructure of EVs continuing to grow over the next several years, do you not? Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, just take a look at the past couple of years, right? It's grown dramatically. 
Yeah, that's a that's a great point, and and I think worth bringing up because you're right. I think a lot of people do have anxiety about those sorts of things, or wondering. Um, look, I see gas stations all over the place. Are there charging stations? Are, like, it, it, do I need to be anxious about that? And so I think your your answer helps uh, hopefully put a lot of people at ease about some of those some of those primary questions they have. Another question that people might have, and and one of the things that gets brought up is whether or not the energy grid in the United States can support fleets moving towards um, you know uh, EVs and that sort of thing. How do you respond to, to that kind of question? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a valid concern, right? I think in general, uh, grids are going to cope as the EV adoption grows, right? Mm-hmm. Um, EV adoption is not happening overnight. It's not like everybody is going to go out today and get an EV and then tomorrow our grid's going to fail. So, you know, there's also that. So there's you know, states and cities and, you know, even at the federal level, they're doing proper planning, you know, to ensure that this isn't an issue moving forward. Um, so I don't necessarily think that, that that's going to be an issue uh, for people uh, moving forward. I don't believe that the grid's going to have an issue. Um, but also think about how people charge their vehicles versus filling up with gas, right? When you drive your car, you run out of, you get low on gas, you have to go fill it up at that time. You know, as we create all of this infrastructure, people are just going to be charging their vehicles at night. So you don't have to worry about that during the day, right? So, and with EVs, because there's a lot of technology embedded in these vehicles, they can be managed to charge at slower rates at certain times. So I think that, you know, with a lot of proper planning, we can mitigate, you know, that issue uh, in the future. Yeah, really, really well put. I I think um, it's it's great that the planning is going into it now. Um, Mm -hmm. And and you're right, just the, the behavioral patterns of people um, and the grid will continue to adjust and evolve as this becomes more ubiquitous across uh, across the trucking industry. And so, how did you personally, Esther? As maybe let's let's talk a little bit more about you and your background. How did you personally get into trucking in the first place? Um, so, my background is pretty interesting in that you know I've always loved cars. I've loved technology. You know, out out of college, I got a job with Toyota and. Uh, as an OEM, and I've been in automotive for the majority of my career. Um, you know, about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I joined a LED solar startup. So I've always thought that, you know, uh, this whole uh, reducing consumption, uh, being more efficient was interesting. So I don't necessarily know if I think of myself as being in the trucking industry, but definitely in the tech industry, you know, that we just happen to manufacture trucks, right? Um, so I kind of just fell into it, uh, one would say, but I definitely am not looking back. It's been, you know, a great three months, uh, actually just joined Exos at the beginning of this year. That's really exciting. That That is really exciting. And, um, I think a, a really excellent time to be getting into this industry mm-hmm. is it seems like just so many exciting things are happening and so many opportunities for growth moving forward. So it'll be fantastic to watch. Um, so Esther, we'll wrap up with this question, um, kind of speaking to truckers out there. So if you had one piece of advice to offer truckers, what would it be? Um, you know, if if they have a hand in, you know, making these decisions to help transition these fleets, uh, one of the things that actually we hear all the time from our actual customers and our actual drivers is that, you know, the comfort and the overall experience has been huge. You know, there's they're not bouncing around. There's not a lot of noise, not a lot of vibration. You know, one of the things that one of our customers had said that stuck out to me 
was that, you know, when they're driving down the road, they can actually hear what's happening around them versus just hearing the truck. Esther Santos, she is the director of sales for North America at Exos Trucks. Esther, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today and sharing your expertise and telling us a little bit more about what Exos is doing and what the future looks like for EVs. We're excited to, to grow and to see that right along with you. So thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And everyone, thank you for joining us for another episode of Resources for the Road, a podcast brought to you by Next Trucking. We appreciate it very much. Of course, for more episodes, make sure to visit our page right there on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can subscribe there to stay up to date with the latest episodes of the show. You're going to want to do that so you don't miss a single episode. Or of course, you can visit Next Trucking's website as well. We have plenty of information there for you. And make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the latest episodes. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this one, for our guest today, Esther Santos. I've been your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks for joining us.